Hello, welcome to another episode of Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa, with the fantastic drunk women solving crime. I like them so much, I married one of them. Um, if you like my podcast, hey, why not buy my book? It's called Emergency Questions. It's available in lots of bookshops and at gofasterstrike.com slash EQ. It's a thousand one questions. It's the perfect Christmas gift. Even people who don't know what the podcast is. Look, questions like this in here. They're brilliant. Uh, what makes a good answer to a question? What makes a good answer to this specific question? Come on, beat that. Uh, also, this podcast is is uh, sponsored by beer52.com. Uh, they make all these, well, they don't make them. They deliver you these fantastic craft beers every month, eight a month for £24. But if you sign up with beer52.com slash Rahulastapa, then you can get eight beers for free uh, and just pay package and posting. £2.95. It's not bad, is it? That's I like to get little offers for you, my friends, my fan friends. Then just unsubscribe if you want. You don't have to have any more beer. If you like craft beer, though, that's not a bad deal. And you might find you like craft beer if you drink eight of them. Drink eight of them in one sitting. Then you're going to feel good, my friends, my fan friends. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who this week was heckled by a dog. It's Richard Herring! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the accent that was. So welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was hanging around in gateways uh, in Cheddar. Uh, I was just, uh, I was buying some uh, a family pack of trios. Uh, to, uh, remember the old trios? Remember them, the trio bar? And I got a pack and they didn't have any biscuit in it. Was, it was the best day of my life. And um, <laughs> Steve Rowlands, who works at uh, Cheddar Gateways in 1981, he calls it Rahulastama. So I don't know, that's, um, don't know if that's going to catch on. So yeah, I was... Um, this week I was heckled uh, by a dog. I was doing the Cheltenham Literary Festival with my, ooh. They had all people like, Nelson Mandela was there probably. They had, it's all people like that. Um, people like Margaret Thatcher was there with her latest book. And uh, I was there with my book of stupid questions. This one doesn't have the first uh, 21 questions because last week I ripped them out to make this into a sort of Banksy work of art. I'm regretting it, I have to say. And, um, <laughs> So I had this, so you know, I'm doing this stupid, everyone else is doing quite worthy things about their terrible lives and I'm talking about emergency questions and there were a few, quite a few people came to me, thank, came to see the show, thank you if you came to see me in Cheltenham uh, and um, about five minutes into the gig a dog started barking just outside because it was in a tent and I said oh I'm being heckled by a dog, that's quite hard to deal with, it's quite a, that is a difficult heckler to deal with the barking dog and I shouted your mother's a bitch, uh, so that's, um, that's what I did. That, that got the people of Cheltenham on side. They're quite posh, but they saw me do that. They thought, he is a comedy genius after all. And um, I've been in quite a lot of publicity for the, the new book, Emergency Questions, available from gofasterstripe.com slash EQ or Amazon if you want to help my ranking out. Uh, and um, uh, it's, I've been doing some radio shows. It's kind of weird. When I go on the radio shows, like I've been on the Steve Wright show and uh, Radio 2 and Eamon Home show on Talk Radio, all the big ones. And uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Every time I go to the producer, there's, be careful, because there's, there's some questions in there that look like they're okay, but they're actually quite rude. So don't, just don't tell them not just to read whatever comes out. Both of them, the first question. The first question on Steve, the Steve Wright uh, that he picked out was, have you ever sucked a fisherman's friend? <laughs> he didn't read the bit where it says lowercase. He managed to stop himself in time. And then they left that, that was pre-recorded, and they left that in, so it's like, yeah, you ever, oh, that's probably, and then um, Eamon Holmes, the one he picked out was, are you the postman or the letterbox? So it's just, and then, honestly, had a, like, probably five-minute discussion with his sidekick about what a clever question it was, because of all the different meanings that could have. And really, I can only think of one, one reason, going, are you the giver or the receiver? Yes, that's, that's, so that's been weird. Uh, and uh, this podcast is, of course, sponsored by beer52.com. If you go to beer52.com slash RHLSTP, then um, 
then you can get eight free craft beers uh, for £2.95 package and posting. I would show you some of them, but for the second time, they haven't turned up this week. So that's not, it's probably, it's probably not a reflection on the company. It's probably not a reflection on what will happen to you. That probably won't happen to you. <laughs> but look, they've got a mag, they've got, you get a magazine. You can have that, Dave, that's yours. Uh, so it's, um, I've got the magazine from last week. Uh, so uh, let, look, let's crack on. We've uh, got lots to talk about uh, with our fantastic guests. Uh, they're free. There are three guests in this um, this podcast. Uh, one of them is probably best known as the writer on two episodes of Justin's House. Yeah, well, that impresses me. She writes for Waffle. I'm going to mainly talk to her about Waffle, the Wonder Dog. Uh, one of them is best known as Lieutenant Davis in Brennan Sacrament. <laughs> and one of them is best known from her appearance, a very fabulous appearance on Pointless Celebrities. And it's no one's... <laughs> I understand she did it quite well. Didn't ruin it for her husband. Uh, will you... Will you please welcome the Drunk Women Solving Crime, ladies and gentlemen. Here they come. Welcome. I can't shake your hand, you're so full of beer. Sit down, sit down. Welcome. Well, this is about episode 188 of, I can't remember, of this podcast. And so far, I've never had anyone on this stage that I've had sex with. Uh, but tonight, tonight, all three. So it's, uh, that's two of them just before we came on. So uh, it's, how are we doing? It's uh, Hannah, Katie, I believe, and uh, Taylor. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, how Hello. are you doing? Nice to see you. We don't get to talk that much, so this should be fun. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit, Hannah, I'll start with your credits Go first on. of all. Justin's House, that must yes. be exciting. You wrote, you wrote on one episode and wrote a whole episode of Justin's House. Would I, I remember? Oh, I wrote two episodes, I think IMDb yeah. is wrong. Okay. Don't be yeah, losing so my Justin House credits. So which two did you write? Because I have seen most of them. Uh, Justin Goes to the Seaside. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's seminal. <laughs> yeah. um, and Justin, oh, there's like a king in it or something. Yeah, that, I, know, yeah I know that one. <laughs> it's a good, again, it's, it's Mr. really good. It's Mr. Tumble, Justin Fletcher, Mr. Tumble. Any stories about him? That... <laughs> um, no. <laughs> we met him, really. didn't we? We met Mr. Tumble, didn't we, Katie? Yeah. It was good, wasn't he? We had to wait for half an hour in the corridor to meet he, him. He did not want to meet us. <laughs> <laughs> Our daughter met him and she immediately fell over. I thought, come on. Don't, don't try that in front of Mr. Tumble. It's the king. It's just embarrassing to try and do that. She, didn't, she wasn't that impressed. She wasn't that impressed. And uh, Taylor, Lieutenant Davis in Brennan's Sacrament. Yes, what is one that? of my finest student films. And there are quite a variety. Yeah. Brennan's Sacrament, it sounds very serious. It took itself very seriously. <laughs> My favourite part about that role is that I look like I have an undercut, but it's just the hair and makeup team were all students, so they were doing a <laughs> kind of a shit job Check at it. working with my fine, fine hair. So, <laughs> yeah. And what do you remember about uh, Pointless Celebrities, Katie? How did, that, how did that work out for you? Well... Yeah, but good to get your side of this, because I've talked about it a bit. <laughs> I agreed to do it. <laughs> Katie blinked three times if you don't mean that at any time. I told you I'd be terrible. You weren't terrible. You were very good. You didn't get a single wrong answer. I mean, you got the highest answer every time. <laughs> I didn't get a single wrong answer. <laughs> should we talk about that for an hour? Yeah. Or should we let it go? So uh, we'll let it go. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awkward. <laughs> They put it in the middle so that we there's some protection for both of us, I think. So it should be fine. Uh, so drunk women solving crime. Yes. Tell us a bit about what that is. Oh me, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who's okay. the drunkest? I mean, I do, yes. <laughs> These are big wines. <laughs> when you guys pour the wines, you make them so big. Yeah, we um, well we conceived of the idea in a pub, unsurprisingly, and we actually started with the title because Katie had been holding on to this title for ages, and it just had to turn into something. I was sitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were either going to record it in an actual AA meeting or make it <laughs> a podcast, but they have that whole anonymity thing. So we thought, <laughs> sit down, make it a podcast. We all had an interest in true crime, um, and I was a psychotherapist before I went into comedy. 
So, you know, anything you want to work yeah. on. And I'm a drunk, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's really helped. <laughs> yeah, it's a three-part format. So we always start yeah. with uh, the female guest. So it's, it's always a woman. We don't allow the boys. And we always ask the, the guest if they've ever been the victim of a crime. And as women, it's 100% yes. <laughs> um, so we always start with that, and then we deconstruct a true crime case, and we tend to stick with the more historical crimes so we can have a bit of fun around it. Um, and then we end by solving a listener crime. So really, we're touching lives, <laughs> is what we're doing. We're turning our inebriation into something very useful. And have you yeah. ever successfully solved a, a listener's crime? We kind of mostly well, just take the piss out of them, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of terrible. We're like, oh, let us know if you've ever been the victim of a crime. And I mean, the drunkenness suggests you're not taking it all that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite enjoyable, especially because you record two at once. It's quite good fun for me listening to the second one of the two. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Out you can play this game as you listen along. Guess which is the second episode. <laughs> and true. yeah, it's... Uh, what I've done with that is if I'm hosting, because when you host, you kind of like, you know, you come up with the research and you write all the questions out. Um, and I've started printing mine out in like 20-point font. <laughs> so I can actually read it because it gets to the point a little bit where I'm just like what on earth yeah what on earth is this but 20 point font is perfect, it's perfect. yes it's hard to read at the best of times but after a few well I've got a crime see if you can solve this one oh, oh, on. you. Uh, in the about 2002 it would have been I was at the Edinburgh Fringe and I was sharing a flat with Stuart Lee Oh, okay. Chris Addison, uh, I think Jenny Eclair might have been there, Dan Antopolsky and Richard Thomas, the opera creator. Uh, and um, one night, me and Stu were talking about... I was, we were talking about... Um, I was doing a show called Talking Cock and he was doing a show called Jerry Spring of the Opera and I was saying how they were both doing quite well and it was that we'd both broken our own rules because we always said we'd never do stuff about celebrities or, like, obvious topics for human we'd both broken our own rules and yet they were both very successful and she was going being quite quite angry he was quite drunk uh, and everyone else in the house was just behaving normally and in the morning when we woke up all the cupboard doors in the kitchen had been beat had been smashed in with someone's fist never worked out who, who did it so, oh yeah, everyone said it wasn't them I thought this was going to be the one when did he wank you off from the ventriloquist? Oh, there's that as well. I was waiting for that. But I mean, there's no there's no real mystery to solve there. (laughs) He's come on. He's he's admitted to it. I'm going to send the tape to Operation U Tree. And uh, times have changed. Back in the back in the eighties, you could wank people off with ventriloquist. Well, better days without their permission, and now you can't. And it's retrospective. It was a loving act at the Did time. Did this happen at the same time as the ventriloquist? No, that thing? was a long time before. I stayed, right. I, I stuck with him and people say, but Rich, you know, if, if you didn't like being wanked off by a ventriloquist, I mean, why did you stay with Stuart all that sure. time? Because that's what happened. So do you think you ripped off the doors, like, because you remembered that you were back in Edinburgh and you be. were like, oh, there's, there's a ventriloquist dummy and I want to yeah, get could, off. It could yeah. be me, yeah. You, you could, think it was a traumatic flashback? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm going with. Mm. Ah, that's and not the result that, I was Taylor? expecting. Yeah, I could. I get on board with that. It's sort of like the sinner. You've blocked out some key points. I've been victim of crimes quite a lot. (laughs) Everyone has, haven't they? I had my mobile phone stolen when I had a Hitler moustache. So, and it was stolen by a, uh, in Shepherd's Bush by a black man on a bicycle. I saw it was a black man on a bicycle and I didn't see it. And he had a beanie hat on, that's all I saw. And I traced after him and I was running down the street with my Hitler moustache going, Stop that guy! Stop him! Stop him! <laughs> and no one stopped me. No one stopped him. Uh, and then I had to be driven around by the police looking for, looking for the guy. <laughs> And uh, they went like two miles away. They drove two miles away where they'd located a black man with a bicycle, but he didn't have a beanie hat. But it was close. I mean, it could have been, it could have. They managed to find another black man in Shepherd's Bush, and that was quite some fine police work. So that was quite traumatic. And I, I did, was also a victim of, of a fraud where um, I was trying to uh, rent a flat with my girlfriend at the time. Sorry. Oh, are you, you going to be all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was it was, it was uh, Sally Phillips, the, the highly successful oh. comedy actress. Oh, <laughs> um, well, no, there is Taylor. What do you think? There do you want to go? Do you want to just? <laughs> <laughs> There's an extra accent back there. Where just... Probably been involved in some crimes involving Julia Swaller as well, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> 
So this is one to watch out though, because for, for young renters, we were trying to rent a flat and we didn't have very much money. And this guy showed us this really great flat. Yeah. Uh, and it was quite cheap, but it was sort of in Tooting Beck. It kind of just about believable. And we said, oh, we'll take it. Uh, and I was sort of suspicious of him, but I couldn't. He had an office, he had a phone. You rang him up and the lady answered the phone and put you through to him. Uh, so I thought it's got to be legit. He kept on ringing up saying, what, uh, what kind of bed would you like? We got the, because we we're going to furnish the flat. So it was all like, uh, but he insisted on getting cash. Oh. And I said, can I, have a, can I do a banker's draft? He said, no, no, that wouldn't work for some reason. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, you're, as a renter, you're kind of determined to, you want to prove that you're capable of paying so that, you know. Sure. And so I, in the end, I, worked, I gave him the money, but I worked, uh, and he had an office and everything. So I was going, well, he's got an office. We'll find him again. This is it's going to be fine. Was it like behind a skip or something? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was a proper bona fide office. You went to a reception, they called him down, you rang up, and they go, oh, yes. It's, and, they, and it was in the end, he just, he'd hired an office and someone to answer his phone. And they would just, they do that for people legitimately. Uh, And so they made... Was the person an actor or like a secretary? No, no, so it was a a business where people can go and pretend they've got an office or just use their office space and use a phone. So two business things. One was a phone thing that they would just forward up to his mobile and one was... uh, So the person answering the phone, were they in on it? No, they're legitimate. It's a legitimate business. So I I rang them up and I was very cross with them. It's a legitimate business to pretend that something is an office. Yeah, because people might want to think, make you think they've got an office and they're doing better than they are. So they might not be criminals. They might just be trying to make their business look good. Right. And mostly criminals though, aren't they? Mostly criminals. (laughs) Like that smacks of criminals. Well, I said to them... Fake it till you make it. I rang them after it was all up. I rang up the thing and said, I can't believe you're allowed to do this. I work at the BBC. I (laughs) I was writing for Weekending. Uh, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to have this investigated. They're going, yeah, go ahead. Don't worry, it's all legitimate. Uh, and so anyway, I worked out when I tried to do all the bills and stuff that, they, that there was something awry because they weren't going over. But I arrived without any of my stuff expecting not to be able to get in. And about eight other people turned up who'd also, <laughs> who'd also rented the flat. Oh, that's terrible. It is really terrible. Uh, with, um, and, you know, some of them with their stuff, some of them had like, there's somebody who'd gotten... Uh, either divorced or he'd lost his job and this was and so literally taking about a thousand quid off both of us which was quite a lot of money in uh, 1993 or or whatever it was Um, and nobody and off people the lowest people in the rental chain people who couldn't afford that kind of money yeah Um, so I mean they did me a favour because it meant basically I didn't end up living with Sally Phillips Uh, and uh, and I ended up with an amazing wife and two children just 20 years later so it's um, <laughs> if, without that it wouldn't have happened um, but, but, uh, at what point but, were you suspicious because you keep sort of saying well I, I turned up with none of my stuff because I knew this well I knew be, I yeah. knew once like I pretty so much defeated. knew I pretty much knew once I was going there that it wasn't I thought well it's still a chance but I've been ringing people up and nobody was understanding what was okay. going on the guy got caught Ooh. did they do yeah. we know a name can we know How? a name yeah his name is Murray Snedden <laughs> Murray Snedden there. how did they uh, catch and he's him? an estate agent uh, and they caught him because he was doing, he kept on doing, he did another one in Chelsea. And so what he was obviously doing was pretending he was an estate agent to the landlords and to the people. And the landlord just happened to be round one of the times he was showing some people round. And he then, he tried to, you know, uh, gazump him. So when the girls were going out, he, he had to go and put some money in his car. And he said that he said to the girls, oh, I like you. You can, you know, well, let's, let's just cut him out of the deal and you can have the flat. And they said, what do you mean? We're already, we've already put down the deposit. It's already, you know, it's already been agreed we're doing it. So they realised he was a, cr- a crook. And so a policeman went along with them the next time they caught him. And we got our money back. He was declared bankrupt. But oh, we, wow. got, we, all, we all got our money back just in time, just at the last minute. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you're really... Oh, you are very lucky. Because usually they won't look into stuff for white men. <laughs> <laughs> really... Just historically really fucked over, not to mention right now. I was going to ask, was Sally Phillips kind of skeptical along the way? Because you're, you're saying, like, you got the cash and all of that, and was she like, Rich, I have a bad feeling about this? No, she wasn't. I had a bad feeling about it all the way through. You did? Yeah, because he was like, he had a thing where he had gloves on in the, in the flat, and then he tried, <laughs> he tried to... It was winter, but he tried to take them off. He, tried, he did, like, a, a sort of a, a reverse O.J. Simpson, as it would... <laughs> He sort of oh, he went, oh, so they're, yeah, they're really tight and sort of shook my hand. But because he kept on... I was just thinking I can't work out how he can have done this because, you know, how has he managed to do this? So I was sort of sceptical, but I thought... But also, this was a great deal. And then, you know, you, then you're committed to it. And then it's... Yeah, but Sally... I think Sally was, was working somewhere else, so I was in charge of the whole thing. OK. Right, right, right. I had to go and live with her mum and dad for six months. Oh. And I'm... her as well, not just... Her <laughs> Tim Phillips, who uh, he, he's uh, very high up in Wimbledon. 
Oh, no, oh. no, it's all right. Yeah, it's quite nice. Well, well. It's great. Just the place? Or? Yeah. No, he's, <laughs> a, he's a, he, what, he got to the uh, finals of the US Open as, uh, in the doubles in the 1960s. In what? Playing tennis. No, I know. So there's that. Do you, you've, had, you've got some... So you had, um, you've had... You've done about six or seven that are out so far as we're recording Eight, this. I think. Is it yeah. eight? Yeah. Ooh, You've go well. Yeah, guests. we're so productive. It's actually, I think it's a great, it's a really good question. I wish I'd thought to put it in my book of emergency questions available from gofasterstrike.com. Um, because <laughs> it is, because you had Catherine Ryan on and as the we first did. guest. And you got this amazing story out of her about her um, blowing up pantyhose. Inflatophiliacs. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's uh, you have to listen to it because obviously she tells it way better than we <laughs> do. We but um, <laughs> she, was yeah. a, she was a victim of a con man as well. But he got her to blow up tights <laughs> for a sexual kink. It's called inflatophilia, and it's people who you are... don't need to tell these guys about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say didn't mean to make eye contact with you, sir. But, um, statistically, there's three of you in here, so fill us all in. But yeah, it's people that like blow up dolls or blow up women, as it were. Um, my main memory of that is she's like, yeah, so I got, you know, I figured out this way. She was really uh, kind of ingenious the way she came up with it. Yeah. She put bin bags down her tights and then blew them up with a bicycle pump. And I said, oh, well, now you know how I feel in tights. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's like a glimpse of my future. <laughs> um, this was of a guy who was pretending he was a radio DJ and yeah, they were, yeah. she was going to get money for doing this. Yeah. I mean, she was an, she's a clever woman, Catherine. But she was like 20 she or something. She was yeah, very yeah. young. She was very young. And the guy had a really convincing DJ voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it takes, guys. That's all you need, fellas. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's what you want. Don't stop taking notes, David. Stop taking notes. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, the, and uh, the girl from uh, Raised by Wolves. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is, there's some there's some fantastic stories. I, we we can't talk about them because you don't you listen to the podcast. But um, there yeah. is a great one coming up where Felicity Montague is. Uh, she tells us about how she um, held a guy up by his throat against a wall. So uh, listen out <laughs> yeah. for that one at a kids ballet class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so you know. It's great. Yeah, but it's a really good, because everyone probably has been a victim of crime, if that's the thing. So, you know, everyone's got a story about it. And I don't think many people talk about it. I've, I've, I have written about that fraud thing, but I haven't really talked very much about that fraud. That Because that, it's so embarrassing and humiliating to be, yeah. we're so upset yeah. by it all. I mean, it was really, yeah. really, really devastatingly upsetting at the time. This is the thing that I find really interesting about true crime is there's, there's all this research out there because they monitor all of us now. They're all watching. They're all watching. But um, that women are the biggest consumers of true crime and that actually the numbers of people who are listening to podcasts and watching the documentaries uh, do tend to be women. And there's this theory that it's because we are sort of taught from day one that we're in danger all the time and we're always looking over our shoulders. So it's kind of this perverse, the more we consume it and the more we talk about it and sort of deconstruct these cases, we sort of perversely feel in control, I yeah. guess. And Do we feel in control? Do we look like we're in control? <laughs> but it, there's like a, some, something about coping with trauma and talking about it yeah. and exposing it and yeah. somehow... I read somewhere that you're supposed to like learn from it. So when you hear about these true yeah. crime things, you kind of think, right, okay, well, if I was in that situation, yeah. I wouldn't do that. But because we're doing historical things, it's kind of like, yeah. like well, I'll be watching out for arsenic an awful lot. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how helpful ours is. Yeah. I stopped that. drinking strychnine like months ago. <laughs> because of the research and now I'm not going to bust out wads of cash no, with yeah. real estate agents well I remember walking to that the, to his meeting with the money in your pocket in cash thinking oh my god what if I got mugged and stuff and I remember giving it to him saying god it's such a relief to give that to you and, <laughs> and so basically I was just giving oh <laughs> somewhere he's telling that story now well, you know, it's so, prison it's so basically he'd run up lots his wife I think had run up loads of credit card bills you know? Ooh. So they, why is a bloody doing, woman in there so he's <laughs> So he's, but you know, it's so mean to take. At least with the Chelsea one, he was taking it from rich people. But like to take it from like poor Leave people, tooting like people alone. living in Tooting Beck, like TV stars Richard Herring and Sally Phillips. We, but we were, we were, we were nobodies. We were okay. nobodies at the time. So yeah, it's um, you know, how different my life would have been. Imagine that. You did you ever? Didn't do you. <laughs> 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 How different my life. But no, I think it's, it is interesting to, you know, I think it's important to, it, I think if you do talk about this, I'm a little bit, I'm able to laugh at it. So I don't think, you know, there, there are some serious cases in the historical ones, there's often murders involved in them and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're, you're taking some quite serious crimes and because mm. you're drunk, you're not taking them 
<laughs> Which well, are people, you know, <laughs> in vino veritas and all that. Yeah, I know some Latin. <laughs> all the rest are sex words, but still. Well, you've covered some big cases. You do D.B. Cooper in one of them, yeah. which is a, which none of you have heard of before, which has amused me. <laughs> but it's the guy in America who uh, held up a plane. Yeah. Uh, or maybe a maybe a well, we former woman in the Yeah. Well, we definitely cracked that one. Yeah, we yeah. That's that. the one I'm the most confident about. <laughs> what was nice about that one is nobody actually died, so it felt like there wasn't a huge Well maybe DB Cooper died. Oh yeah, but Or did he she? <laughs> you know, DB is the is is the guy who held up a plane and then uh, parachuted out of the plane basically. And, or and then did disa- they? And then disappeared. And they found like three bundles of money ten years later. Yeah, but not all the money. No. Yeah. But it's, imp- it's like, as you kept saying, I didn't know my wife knew so much. Oh, sorry, I didn't know Katie. I don't know. Just, my, hopefully one day my wife. There's, some, there's, some, there's been a connection here tonight. Uh, it's, uh, I hope that's not too presumptuous. Uh, has, uh, you knew a lot about parachuting and I didn't know you knew anything about parachuting. <laughs> In the podcast, you go, no, they they would die. They would die if you jumped out. You can't jump out of a plane. No, I knew that you had to be, if you're low enough and it's not pressurised, then you can do it. Well, that's knowing a lot about parachuting. I don't know you knew anything about parachuting. That's quite basic. That's parachuting 101. Are you going going off parachuting with, is that where you go at the weekend? Yeah. With your fancy man. Yeah, when you're out working, I leave the kids with my mum. Do you want to do this, Rich? <laughs> do you really want to do this? <laughs> she is fucking a paragraph. That's right. <laughs> Just look at your notes. Um, oh, and I joined. Right. I joined. Uh, <laughs> the answers are all in there. <laughs> <laughs> Katie is no can I just say because this yeah. is what I love because her detective <laughs> skills have just they've just grown and grown um, <laughs> and Katie is amazing because you are just full of facts like that like I we never know what she's going to know about <laughs> and who is she fucking it's exactly <laughs> <laughs> like you know so much genuinely you do and we've named it Katie's anus library because it's just full of facts and she's just pulling them out I'm pulling them out of my all time I'm sure you've rooted library. around in there <laughs> <laughs> As it were. <laughs> There's well, a Latin word for that. I was listening to the D.B. Cooper one on the train down. To, we came down earlier on the train and then we split up at King's Cross so people wouldn't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> but we bumped into Ian Boldsworth at the time. Yeah. So it was weird. Uh, and he caught us. But um, we, the D.B. Cooper one was on and then you're going, why are there four parachutes? Why are there four parachutes? And I said, it's because you know, he wanted to give the impression that he was going to take one of the hostages with him. Yes. So that they wouldn't just give him a parachute that didn't work. So that was that was the exactly but so you, the logic. You, you get you can sort of join in with it. And There's join. other things yeah. as well. Like um, I realised with that story is that he was wearing a clip-on tie, which we were just <laughs> like, that's so fucking lame. But <laughs> it turns out I told it to my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, and this guy was wearing a clip-on tie, and he was like, yeah, that's what like bouncers wear. So if somebody grabs them by the tie, oh. they just it will just come off. Oh. Yeah. And we were just like, this guy is lame. That <laughs> <laughs> was very sensible. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really... See, we're growing and growing as detectives I, every I day. Do, I do think it is a fun thing that you could listen... When we're trying to quote-unquote solve it, I do think it's something you could be like, oh, I know the answer to that. Oh, no, I reckon it's this. And you can sort of join in at home. Um, but also, even when I listen to them back, because we have to check them for editing and stuff... And I don't do that. <laughs> but then I'll listen... Unless there's stuff about Prince Andrew, then I do. <laughs> That's getting cut. <laughs> um, but so, like, I'll listen to them back and be like, oh, I wish I'd said that, or I've just had a much better thought. Yeah. So it is like that thing of like, oh, I found the perfect thing to say in the argument two hours later, but with a podcast. Never listen back. Spirit de l'escalier, that's called. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit of the staircase is what you think on the, way, on the way back. Don't listen back to them. I don't remember anything. I, don't even, I can't remember what's just happened in this one. Uh, so that's, I don't even listen as it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to what I'm saying, which is why uh, it comes out like this. Um, but it must be weird starting in podcasting when one of you is married to the greatest podcaster in the world. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It must have been quite. I am married to Adam Buxton. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cheer that. You're going to be on my side. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you feel intimidated about entering the uh, the same areas? Just inspired. Oh, good. <laughs> Did you look and go, if he can do it, anyone can do it? Well, I'm going to start writing children's books, so stick that, stick that up your You've nose. been threatening that for ages, and I said it was a great idea. <laughs> you should do a kids' emergency questions book. Yeah, well, there are, actually, nice. there are some kids' emergency questions in uh, the emergency questions book that you can... Uh, do you have to be really careful you don't ask them something terrible? <laughs> yeah, don't swap them. Are your nipples sensitive? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right, you could ask a kid that. That's right. true. You should not ask. Only, only your own kid, yeah. <laughs> and only if they've got a rash. Here's, here's a question for kids. Have you ever grown crest? That was a question for... <laughs> Good question. It's a good kid question. It's a good question. It's a good question. Most question. Have you ever grown... Now? Sorry, have you ever grown impressed? Crest. Like well, watercress. Well, yeah. uh, no, gr- yeah, no, well, like they... watercress, but on the land. No, they, no, don't, don't Americans call it watercress? What's American watercress crest? Is <laughs> watercress. Watercress is, a, <laughs> watercress is a very different thing. They're both cruciferous vegetables. <laughs> Here's a question for kids. What's the highest thing you've ever fallen off? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. My ego. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's you, well. Let's talk about your kids' books because you know I get some of the money from that indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> they do very well. They're, they're doing all right. Yeah. When we were on Celebrity Pointless, point of celebrities. Yeah. They got to talk about the books, and you didn't say what any of them were called. I was such a dick. That was your one chance. I that was, could have been it. I know. I was like a rabbit in headlights, very much like tonight. And yeah, I'm kind I just... of hoping there'll be, you know, sort of, I don't, I'll take a third of J.K. Rowling. That's, that's what I'm hoping for you. Uh-huh. And then I can just you know, sit back. Okay. That's what I'm, that's, this is what I'm going to do. Well, why Tell us about the books. Tell, say what they're called, Katie, because that's what you <laughs> failed to do. That is like the toppest tip to, to celebrate. All the things that happened that day on Pointless. I'm not sure this is I, was, I think they edited me out. I just went on oh, like two minutes going, well, they're kind of like a thing and they asked me to write this thing and so I wrote it and then I changed the thing. And it was like, <laughs> we can't use any of that, you fucking bellend. Um, but yeah, so the first one is called My Best Friend and Other Enemies. Yay. Yeah, it's good. Some, I've read it as well, and it's brilliant. It's very, very Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I haven't yet because you didn't. You didn't send me a copy yet. So. Oh, okay. You bring that over next. I time? can. I can. I can fix that. We can talk about this later. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's. Uh, uh, that's why my pictures tail off. Um, <laughs> it was. It's for eight to twelve-year-olds. It's a funny book. Uh, it's about an eleven-year-old character that likes drawing cartoons. And she gets bullied and she uses comedy and cartoons to stop being bullied. It's not autobiographical. <laughs> Katie was very much the bully in her school. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. And there's some new ones coming out as well with the different characters. And um, yeah. you're lucky. On the, uh, well, I'm lucky as well because on that, cele- I genuinely nearly cried on that point of celebrities and they cut that bit out. <laughs> they came to, he came to me, asked me, why, I knew I just thought we were going to get knocked out in the first round again. <laughs> well, I got the first. And I then got you get asked. You, you get a bonus, on my so I, first. One. I, I've cried. I cried on it before. My voice cracked before. So the second time I was on it, my voice cracked as I thought we were going to get knocked out. And on this one again, he go. They, he went. What's your answer? And then he went. Oh no! What's, we have to ask you about what you've been. That's this awful thing where they ask you. Yeah. On the first question, so he's asked about me. And said, Yeah, I'm on tour with each other best. And then it wasn't even put out for about a year, so they didn't even publicity for the best. And yeah, and it's yeah. They cut, they've cut, but I can see the point they cut it just before I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was a, we got through though. We nearly, we nearly got through. Because well, right someone said I thought I was playing Family Fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, you were brilliant. You were the best. I got, I got the wrong brief. They were hard questions, man. Um, oh, this is a question I want to ask all of you. Do you think it is okay? Do you think it's cheating if a man has sex with a robot? Because I don't, I don't think it is. I'm going to let you guys take this first so it doesn't look like I'm in a minority view. <laughs> if your partner had sex with a robot, it's not a person, it's just like, you know, wanking into a tube. 
I mean, he's in, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you defense I mean, that? He, would de- he definitely would. I know him, and he definitely would like to do it. <laughs> if the technology I'd was good enough. I would, no. I, don't, I think it's fine. Yeah, see, it's fine. I think it's all right. It's fine. Saves me a job, doesn't it? It's yeah, fine. exactly. Saves <laughs> you a job. I think it's fine. I kind of... Yeah, yeah I would welcome that. I'm here yeah. to a Welsh guy. I feel, like, I feel like he'd pick up a few things. <laughs> Katie, what, do, you, do you think it's okay if a man had sex with the with a robot? Yeah, it wouldn't be cheating on his partner, right? So it would be fine. Just, there's like, nothing in the marriage vows about it, right? What what level of robot are we talking? Like, very, it looks exactly like Gemma Chan to the final t- <laughs> to every final detail. <laughs> but it's a robot. I mean, it sort of is cheating. Okay, what if it's a robot of you? Ooh. And I'm just using it when you're when you're away. He might let you go away more. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like look after the kids more. <laughs> like, yeah. And perfect. what if it's a robot of you from 12 years ago? <laughs> the judgment from your own audience. Wow. <laughs> Fucking outrage. You, you really upset these people. <laughs> they really feel for me right now. They do. It's- <laughs> What about b- b- like a robot of you, but back when you were on the telly? Yeah. <laughs> this is why we made Hannah sit there. We're like, you go first. <laughs> I feel like Paxman or something. He doesn't ask questions, though, doesn't he? he doesn't, no, it's not, nice. it's not a bit of an ask. She's got those millennial balls. <laughs> That's why we like her. I'll ask you, I've got a new emergency question, for, especially for producer Ben. Have you ever met Prince Andrew? <laughs> he can't use any of this. Don't answer I can, it. You can, you can, if you answer the question honestly, you can use it. Have you ever met, pr- pr- met Prince Andrew or any of the royals? Only in my pr- dreams. <laughs> Nightmares. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. I met a royal once who they opened an asthma clinic on the Isle of Wight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I refused to curtsy because I thought it was too girly. <laughs> which, which, which one was it? Oh, God, the Duchess of something. Right. You know her, Why she's did, lovely. Did you bow instead? I think I bowed. You like, take yeah. that, patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think I bowed, which sort of is just as Good bad. Good for you. Really, what age were you? Um, I was in primary school, so I was nine. Hmm. Nine or something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really, I mean, it was an asthma clinic, and now I have really bad asthma, so yeah. it did fuck all for me. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met uh, Prince Andrew, Katie? I've not met Prince Andrew. You met Princess Anne? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you have a threesome? <laughs> what is this? It feels weird. I'm kind of just pretending that this whole thing was his wedding speech. <laughs> this is better than my what wedding speech. What a night. Speech. My wedding speech was terrible. I wanted to talk to you about the Isle of Wight. Come on, give me six. <laughs> hey, am I right? Because <laughs> we, I've been there. We, we went, we went and did a gig there. But you grew up on the Isle of Wight. I did, yes. Which weirdly, I used to. I wrote for a um, encyclopedia of the royal family in 1992. The Macmillan, it was, it just came out just as the royal family imploded. So no one, they couldn't really sell it because oh, it was all wrong by the time it came out. <laughs> um, and uh, I had to write the entry for the Isle of Wight. Oh, wow, because of Queen Victoria. Yeah. 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 Know yeah. all about it, don't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's it like growing up on the Isle of Wight? It's all right. It's yeah. nice. It's a bit weird, but it's, um, you know. What's the weirdest thing about the Isle of Wight? It seemed all quite weird to me. <laughs> it's not like the Isle of Man. It's not that no. bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, you know, it's not that far from the mainland, but it feels like it's. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a boat ride. It is quite nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know. It's like people have. Maybe on the mainland have evolved a bit further than the people. You'd think that's a short distance of water wouldn't make that much difference, but that's... Turns out Charles Darwin didn't have to go all that way to find the debris. It is. It like looks like the 1950s, and a lot yeah. of the views are like the 1950s. Yeah. Um, but I like the Isle. It's, yeah, it's nice. Do you still live there? 
Um, no, I don't. I live in London now. Oh, do you? Okay. But you, visit, yeah. you go back there quite a lot. I do. I, visit, yeah. I go back to visit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got a lot of, lot of friends there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you keep tweeting things like... You said like, that like an accusation. You go back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought thought she still lived there. Um, you lived there for quite a while, though. I, mean, I did, for a long yeah, time, yeah, yeah. I grew up there, and then I went back after uni, yeah. and then I moved to London yeah. a couple well, of years ago. Well, this makes sense. It makes, you know... <laughs> You don't get to write for Waffle the Wonder Dog if you live on the Isle of Wight. Hell no, hell no. You're going to move to where the action is. Um, do you tweet? You tweet quite a lot of things from the papers in the Isle of Wight. I do. There yeah. Was something you tweeted today about. Um, oh yes, yeah. There was an axe. There was a, like a, a, an armed robbery yeah. in my hometown of Ventnor, which is just like I mean that never really happens in Ventnor. And there was just this blow by blow account from the guy from the pet shop who the guy with the axe had come in to attack. And in the just in the article, like the guy was saying, my wife was almost behind the till but she had to go to the toilet <laughs> okay thank you and then he goes on to say about how he like he said I grabbed the man's arm and his hand turned blue I don't know how quickly this happened. <laughs> and then he said, that, he said, after 20 minutes of this scuffle he'd had with this guy, with the, he has, I managed to get the axe. And then he called his mate in, who's 16 stone, and he sat on his legs. <laughs> and, and they called the police. His wife, who had finished shitting, called the police. And um, the police like took 30 minutes to turn up uh, because it's the Isle of Wight and also because on the way, the, um, the car broke down. Like, the police car, uh, apparently it got a punch on the way so they sent another one like the second police car on the Isle of Wight and then apparently people could see them outside the pet shop and one police officer was helping the other one back into a parallel parking spot <laughs> and this guy in this article was like I had words with them like, it was a fuck they were it was doing. A pet, trying to rob a pet shop yeah because he money. tried he tried to um, rob that. the uh, post office <laughs> Um, but the post office had shutters, you know, the th- they pressed the button, which they'd always yeah. wanted to press, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and it went, and so he just went next door. Went next door. And apparently he'd been in Hearst's before, which is the local kind of like uh, ironmongery shop or whatever, because right. um, we have one. And, um, and he'd bought the axe there. So we'd gone axe. <laughs> <laughs> he'd come into the post office yeah. and then he went to the pet shop yeah. which must like have a turnover of about like 100 quid a day or something <laughs> in cash I was like yeah and then they got sat on by the fat bloke <laughs> <laughs> sounds brilliant um, it's a lot of fun I had a lovely time when I, we came and did a gig there and it was lovely yes yeah I remember that because yeah. you were doing Hitler moustache and then there's a lot of like kind of I was, I was very welcome on the high <laughs> I just I've never been well I remember yeah, they don't a... call it the Isle of Wight for nothing am I right <laughs> there's a guy in the pub that we did that uh, gig there's a guy yeah. who um, he has an eye patch and he always sits underneath the dartboard <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely beautiful little, little Isle of Wight moment and Taylor you come from America I do That's, is that like the Isle of Wight have you been to the Isle of Wight? In many, many places. I haven't, actually. No. no. Never oh, you been must invited. Visit. You must visit. <laughs> um, Queen Victoria yes. had a house there. <laughs> I mean, what to say about Americans? They're universally loved. <laughs> um, we're up there with, like, fracking right now. Um, yeah. But you've moved here. You've escaped. I have escaped. Yeah, although I think this is just going to become a vassal state. Yes. Don't you? I think that's the way we're heading. I'm disappointed that there's collapse in both of my points of reference. I take it personally. It's, it's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> I blame myself for a lot of things. So I... <gasps> Speak. Sorry, can yeah. I just throw something in? Yeah, please like, do. Just because it applies to our podcast. Did you guys read that they're saying that climate change is going to co- have it like a huge knock-on effect in the beer industry? Because the barley fields are going to die out. Well, because it's like climate change just got personal. (laughs) You know? There was the flooding before and the rising sea levels, but now it's like beer. Now it affects everybody. It affects everyone. Yeah, is there anything we can do? (laughs) There's nothing we can do. Oh, fuck it. Because President Trump says it's probably just the... uh, scientists that have an ulterior motive or something. He said they have an agenda. Of sort of telling facts. And, oh man, and that's their agenda, <laughs> and that disrupts his own agenda of burning coal, oh. as much coal as he could. Never mind, it'd be fine. And what do you? <laughs> would you uh, what brought you to the United Kingdom? Was it uh, comedy or was it love? 
Uh, neither. Okay. Actually, I so I was a I was a psychotherapist in New York, and I used to do uh, improv and sketch comedy at night. So I was like a really boring superhero. I helped people <laughs> during the day, and then I bored the shit out of people at night. <laughs> Um, so, but I, I worked, I specialized in trauma and I worked with a lot of people who had been, um, affected and down at the site, uh, 9-11. I can't even say the words. I'm like, 9-11. Um, it was a big deal, guys. I don't know if you watched it here, but, um, <laughs> like a lot of smoke and shit. So, um, yeah, I just needed a break. I'd gone straight through school and I sort of needed a break from a very serious job. And I think I always wanted to do stuff like this, guys. Um, and yeah, I moved over here and then I met that, that Welsh guy that I said needed some robot help. And um, we've been together for 12 mechanical years. <laughs> and did you yeah, all meet on Because I met you on doing stand-up. Are you, both of you did, have you done stand-up as well or are you doing sort of more improv? Yes, obviously not very well known. Um, <laughs> I used to rock towns like Barnacle, which is a landlocked village outside of Coventry. Um, I don't want to brag, but I signed some autographs in Serbia. You know, I played the Eastern European circuit, and they're not easy to please. So, but both uh, you guys stopped, have stopped doing stand-up, at least temporarily. Yes. Me and Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. So I met you. I thought you were really good when I first saw you. <laughs> But now I need a robot no, to just, replace you know, me. I, I, like you. I thought you were really good. I like you so much. I thought I was going to marry that woman. I thought that's what I would do. Cool. So I did. Um, you were really good. I would have married you. Like, yeah. You, yeah, your stand-up is really... Ditto. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you Rich. weren't quite good enough to marry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but do you think you... I mean, it's, it's, why, why have you both chosen to go into different... areas of uh, I feel like I've paused more than I've stopped it's harder to fit in well what with the kids and also you've got kids (laughs) (laughs) their dad is Swiss and he's so great Um, uh, and just like writing started to get I love that that was a callback to the green room. (laughs) We're like, yeah, you have no idea, but it was great. It was amazing. He's great with parachutes. And um, no, just writing started to pay more and it was harder to like, I was only ever semi-professional stand up and I slightly fell out of love with it. But actually, I think my... I thought that was going somewhere else for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But what a fucking time to tell me. (laughs) We really want people to listen to our podcast, so we thought, let's make this a doozy. (laughs) You get the scoop, but you lose the marriage. Um, I've had a good Um, knock. We um, no, I, just, I think that actually my confidence fluctuates too much to make me a consistently good. I can't performer. imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got the, I've got the, I've got the itch. I've got the urge a bit more. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm doing Taylor's gig actually in November. Yes, she is. Um, so I'm gonna, I've got, I keep writing stuff, but I just don't perform. And do you think, because like, it's interesting. You're a stay at home comedian, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Not a big enough deal. But it's deal interesting made because, like, podcasting's, uh, you know, is a great way to, like, there's quite a few uh, people who have broken through, through podcasting quicker, much quicker than you would through stand up. And people who, so, like, the, we had the all killer, no filler girls on, and they're sort of playing all over the world, and obviously the porno girls and boys are, are, are like huge so it's that you're sort of bypassing all that like stand-up's now so difficult to get noticed in. well I think Kiri's been gigging like 10-12 years or something hasn't she she Kiri. has but this is the, well, what's broken is the podcasting and, and similarly mm. like this podcast is, uh, that you're doing has immediately got people talking so it's kind of interesting that you can you know you can control the, the medium yeah. Which, which maybe I don't know. Do you think it's? Do you think it's hard? Was it harder for because you were women to get through into stand up, or was it just harder because of what your interests were and what you? Uh, I don't like. We haven't got to Hannah's reasons. <laughs> 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 um, well, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I just I just got a bit terrified of it, I think. And I thought, yeah. like, let's do a podcast. I'll do a podcast with my friends. This is perfect. All we have to do is sit in Taylor's spare room and chat about true crime, and we never have to be in front of an audience. <laughs> and, Except like, we're doing some live shows. But we yeah, are doing yeah. some live shows. It's kind of all taken off, which is really nice, because obviously I did like being in front of an audience when yeah. I was doing stand-up for... I did it for lots of years, and we did Edinburgh together, yeah. and, you know. And it was lovely, but um, but yeah, for me it was just the nerves. It was just the terror that sort of made me stop. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, oh. like, and, and no offense, but it's really nice to work with all women. Yeah, <laughs> it really is because I just the thing that I don't miss about doing stand up full time is just the oh fuck, I'm gonna try to say a word that I can't even say sober. Gladiatorial, gladiatorial. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to prove, so I would do like weekends at the Glee Club, and I'm like, Ugh. and the Glee, you know, is like one of the nicer chain clubs and I just felt like I had something to prove but it was always this combative sort of humor that just gave me I mean literally I had IBS the entire time <laughs> I was doing it it's like are they okay body give me some signals that maybe this isn't the right thing for me oh that um, <laughs> if you're gonna be so obvious about it so there's something really really great about working with all women which rarely happens in stand-up yep. certainly not on a panel show or anything like that, where I feel like we don't have any sense of that. Like, there's nothing about one-upping each other, or... Yeah. And I'm not trying to suggest that that's an all-male no. thing. Except it is. <laughs> you know they're filming this as well. <laughs> I don't watch it back, though, so whatever you, whatever you did there to the camera that I didn't see... But it is nice. podcasting is nice. It does feel a bit safer because you're just, you know, you're just at home and it's us a lot. And what's nice about like recording at Taylor's house is, you know, we just sort of, I don't know, we just get drunk together and have snacks and see your <laughs> brilliant daughter. And it's, it's actually really kind of like quite a homely feel. It's really, it is. and then we talk yeah. about people who have been slaughtered by their husbands. But <laughs> the point is, is it's really, um, it's nice. And yeah, for me, stand up was just, just became too terrifying. And I moved back to the Isle of Wight. And the Isle of Wight comedy scene is me. <laughs> a terrible scene. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's you my more I am practical. still sad that you give up. Aww. I respect your reasons, though. Thanks, man. <laughs> I think you should all be doing it all the time. But it's good that it's good. That the, it's good. That the, I, mean, I just think that's very exciting that the, the podcast thing gives you that. You know, and again, I was saying backstage, but when we, when we had the porno guys on, I, I did a, I did a uh, panel up in uh, Edinburgh with James uh, from the from the uh, podcast, and like no one would have taken that, no TV company or anyone would have touched that because it's a rude name. It's, what the hell? It's just some people talking around a table about some weird thing that their dad's written. Nobody right. would have touched it, and now you know they can do whatever they want because they're now yeah. fated in the industry, and everyone loves them, and everyone wants them because they're such a success. So that's really exciting, and that's in the, you know they filled the Albert Hall in, in like a couple of years, you know, and yes. toured the world. So two so years time, yeah. we'll, we'll be there. Guys. But I think that's very exciting. I think that you know it's really interesting that you can buy. Yeah. You know, I, I liked podcasting because you could bypass those gatekeepers that weren't interested in me. Yeah. But then you can bypass the gatekeepers who you know might not be giving women a fair chance or might not be giving this. No, it's true. Honest. It's great. It's great because yeah. nobody nobody is telling us no, and that's what we really like. We're yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. We can just literally we'll just we'll just do it then, and that's yeah. what's brilliant about. Yeah, podcasting, and we just get to do our own thing, and yeah, I love that. That's what, yeah. I've Having been a writer for, like, the last eight years, you get a lot of no's, and it's just constant yeah. no's, and, like, so this is nice, because we've sort of, like, commissioned ourselves <laughs> for no money sitting <laughs> in Taylor's. But it's great, it's fun. But it feels, I, think, I also feel that it there, there feels like a sort of sea change within podcasting that things are changing, and that you, you with Acast, who do have run adverts. I got one in French today. Ooh. Did you? Yeah. Ooh, and they do targeted just, marketing. Yeah. So I don't know what it was for because I don't speak French. So <laughs> they they targeted quite badly, <laughs> and I was sitting in uh, well in North train station. So I don't think that's in France. Is it sometimes? Sometimes on the Isle of Wight we get French signals. Yeah, we get like French radio stations, and unless somebody is going to the swimming pool, I do not know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what if there's a monkey in a tree? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever um, I listen to the targeted ads, I get it for the, the army adverts. Yeah. And I'm like, stop telling me to pick a third career. I get it. <laughs> it's coming. That's bad if it's on your own podcast and they're saying, get another job. <laughs> get a job where you will be killed, please. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, but that's in, interesting. I think you know. I think uh, people are realizing and sponsors are realizing that it's you've got this very loyal audience and people are very engaged. I think with podcasting. So I think in the next two or three years, I think it, 
that it might become too big and it might become unwieldy. You were with Acast who were doing lo lots of the big podcasts. Um, how did you get with them? Because, you know, I've not, I'm just doing this on my own. <laughs> um, well, our producer, Amanda, who is in the audience. Hello, Amanda. I don't know where you are. Um, but yeah, it, it was, she she's, comes from like 20 years experience yeah. in radio. So she had the contact there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think they're quite open to new people and new yeah. ideas. And um, yeah, they seem great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, then there's much more, you know, more interesting formats coming out rather than just t two comedians talking to each other, which is so terrible. Oh, right. <laughs> it two, is two male child. comedians <laughs> talking about their cocks to each other. <laughs> who, who wants that? Well, because we are formatted. Yeah. I think that well, they. I vaguely remember in the meeting they were pleased that we were formatted. I don't know why I remember that. Mm. There's a lot. There's a lot more podcasts that are people talking to each other. Yeah. With that and less podcasts that are formatted. But then it feels like, it feels a bit like we're just going to get a stage where podcasting are like radio shows and you still have to go through all of the commissioning process again. That seems the negative side of it, that it's then just again going to be a new gatekeeper saying, you know, I mean, you can still be able to do podcasts, but it feels like they're getting more and more professional. Well, that's the worry, isn't it? That yeah. The regulation comes yeah. next. And we've had debates about that just with, yeah. not just liable, but sort of what cases can we talk about? And mm. if we're talking about a case in a different country, yeah. do we follow their statute of limitations or do we have to? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We And then we just get drunk and we don't find out the answer. So we just... We <laughs> 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 talk about Prince Andrew. It just always, it, no, it's the minute I've tried to talk about Prince Andrew. Just, it ends. Don't know who's, don't know who's doing it. I'm trying to get the truth about him out there and no one will listen. He controls all of this. He's the head of ACAST. And got it by So, um, it's... I'll ask you an emergency question. That was, that was a nice, easy edit for you, Ben. Uh, so, um... <laughs> A really good one came up that I don't know if I can remember off by heart. I'll try and remember off by heart. Would you rather have a... Um... Oh, it's not fucking... I'm right, it's right here. <laughs> Would you rather have a fold-out fold table that grew out of your rib cage and which could be put up and down in mere seconds Ooh. or a stretchy backskin which could be pulled over your head to act as a makeshift bivouac? A makeshift what? Bivouac. What's like a, a bivouac? It's like a tent. I knew that, Katie, definitely, <laughs> immediately, when he said bivouac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about this a lot. Okay. <laughs> I could see you were keen to answer. Over the years. Do you know what popped into my head, which feels, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to tell this story. Do it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's on brand, because it's, it's, it's the drunkest I can ever remember being. I, so I would choose the, the table. table. It would pull down, because I remember going home, um, after a night out in New York, whatever. And, um, <laughs> and I lived in this apartment in Brooklyn and we had no food in the house, but I was starving. So the only thing I had in the fridge was a jar of matzo balls, um, a Jewish delicacy. Um, I didn't heat them up. I just took them out of the jar and I remember just eating them lying down watching a film and one of the balls rolled down. I was naked. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> I was already imagining you naked. <laughs> it just fits, doesn't it? It's like you get naked and you eat some kosher food. It's, it's what it's all about. So the ball rolled down into my navel and I just had this moment where I'm like, okay, there's a cold matzo ball in, in my belly button. And I just went out of my body. I'm like, am I telling this story to a bunch of people? <laughs> I've got to finish now. Um, so I just rolled it back up my body and I remember it took like a detour around my boobs because it does you know it just sort of veered over the left one which is slightly larger and then I got it all the way up and I put the whole thing in my mouth and I chewed and that is the only moment that I thought you know I might have a drinking problem um, but I still don't think that I do and <laughs> So yeah, table in the ribs is yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, table would be good, wouldn't it? Because that, that would have just... <laughs> you never imagined there was going to be an anecdote. I did. Oh, that's that's amazing. These the questions are very good for opening people up in, in this way. Literally, yeah. if you've got the table. Now I kind of wish I could pull skin over my face, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom. It's a good question. Any strong feeling, Hannah, about that one? 
I don't know. I'm always getting caught in rain. Yeah. So I'd go, that's quite a sort of like jovial answer after the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I go out and it rains. Maybe I'll have the tent. Yeah. It's a way of finding out whether you're outdoorsy or indoorsy. It's like, <laughs> so are you a social person who goes to lots of... I mean, it'd be great at parties. That's why, you know, you've got, like, just your drink there, your nibbles there. Just, yeah. yeah maybe some good filter fish. It depends. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the bivouac's useful if you're, you know, camping and stuff. <laughs> if, you're, if you're quite poor and want to stay out in the rain. If you're going round... I, I, I'll talk about that in the next podcast. <laughs> my stone clearing uh, it'd be useful for me I could just get you know when it starts to rain I could just sure. create a bivouac over myself until it stops but could you put the stones on the desk if you be on the table that might be useful well it wouldn't yeah. you have to lift, lift them up and put them on there oh, if, yeah. you, if, if I had a bivouac I could if it was raining I could clear the stones yeah some people think like when it's raining I'll do it now some people think when it's raining <laughs> that must be what you know, a lot of people said to me you're crazy stone clearing that's a crazy thing to do because when it rains you're going to not do it are you but actually when it rains best time to go yeah because you can really get the the stones that are lodged in kind of quite, I mean, they come to quite, the surface well, they, come, they come up a bit they sure. do come up like, they, like the, the rain you know what them. congratulations and, Katie uh, <laughs> he's well, not hurting anyone it keeps done. him away from the robots <laughs> you can you can get them. You can get the big ones out really easily. Oh! I mean, you get your hands dirty, but you know that comes with the territory when you're a stone clear. <laughs> <laughs> God, I've got a good life in the country. It's so nice. Wait, it's the same it's... as fishing. It's just exactly the same as fishing. No one, <laughs> no one thinks people who go fishing are insane. Then they chuck the fish back in. I, at least I'm taking the stones out. I'm starting when I get a really big one. I've started thinking should I take a selfie with it. <laughs> And I'm going to... I choose table. Yeah, good, why? Um, Don't have to have a reason. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I could put my bag on it and look for stuff in my bag. Knees? No. Oh, when you're standing up, I suppose, yeah. Standing up. Wait, is there a weight limit on the table? Ooh. Um, I mean, yes. I don't feel because, like you've you know, there's a weight limit on everything, the isn't book. there? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, well, that's why it's good to ask these extra questions. I think you could get, you know, you'll probably put your bag on there, though you do overpack. <laughs> so that's why I can't. You find know, what anything. you could do is not pack so much stuff in your bag, and then you wouldn't need to put it on the table. You'd be able to find everything in the bag. Oh, it's starting! <laughs> it's starting! <laughs> you look at me like I'm crazy for moving stones off a field. What about taking a bit too much stuff out with you? Well, this sounds like a conversation for robot lady. <laughs> then I don't have to listen anymore. Such a great get out of talking to him. Your robot wife will take this one. Thank you. Um, okay, I'll ask you. Oh, this is well. Let's see. This is quite a boy thing, maybe. Were you ever in a fan? No, it isn't. This, this, were you ever in a fan club? I thought you were going to say fight. No. Yeah. Were you ever in a fan club? I don't think I was. They used to cost money when I was a kid. I was in the Dennis and Nasher fan club. Yeah. Represent. Come on, we got any members in? <laughs> <laughs> it was shitty, wasn't it? You spent like two pounds and they gave you a badge. Fuck Dennis and Nasher. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the Sabutio fan club and it was the same deal. It was a little green card and a little gold badge. Yeah. I think that was it. I don't think they even got like a player or anything. <laughs> Could have given you a line someone or something, couldn't they, just to get you going? I used to play Sabuto against myself a lot as well. Oh, well, that's a theme, isn't yeah, it? it yeah. <laughs> I was in the New Kids on the Block fan club. <gasps> yeah. Were you? Ooh. Yeah, but I joined it just because there was a group at school and they were, you know, they were the cool kids. Hmm. Uh, so I joined it just to fit in with them, but wow. secretly I was listening to Talking Heads and I remember my... <laughs> My friend like caught me listening to them, and they're like, "What is this shit? This is so wow. terrible!" And that wow. is all you need to know about where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the new kids on the block on uh, Strictly Come Dancing this week? No. They're back. Was it Backstreet Boys? Oh uh, yeah, same thing. Isn't it? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I took a chance. <laughs> sorry. All of them at once. The Backstreet knows who the, the Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys always there was always one in the Backstreet Boys that looked like all the others' dad. 
<laughs> and he really does now. He does. Oh. <laughs> I mean, but they all, some of them look like his granddad now. <laughs> old Strictly Come Dancing, eh? Was Hanson turned out well, though, right? Hanson? Yeah. Sorry, I've, I, this is my trigger word. I <laughs> fucking love Hanson. They have a beer called Um Hop. <laughs> Genuinely, wow. I want to be sponsored by them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you're listening, you Isaac, <laughs> Taylor, or Zachary, right. um, do please sponsor us and marry me. With all of them? Yeah. <laughs> Any of them? Yeah. Sorry. They're probably Mormons. They're probably. Oh, I think they are. I yeah, think yeah, they yeah. actually are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we will oh, be does that mean they can marry lots of women? Right? Yeah, so that's I quite, think so. Yeah, I'd be so, happy with that. Yeah. Like, oh, that works out for everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's just great it's music, guys. <laughs> I was gonna, oh, I put one of I put one of, uh, put one of uh, Greg Davis's questions on your page. Oh, ask it. Um, you were heckled by someone saying, "Will you have my babies?" Will not very good, is it? When I ask you, because you went. <laughs> That's why it's important to write the thing. If it helps, right. I will. I haven't had children yet. So, um, yeah. Will you have will. my babies? Hannah's up for it. It's sort of like a surrogate thing in your case. Will you have my babies? I, I'm unable to have them myself. Will you be a Will you be a surrogate <laughs> mother for me? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, but it's still the same if a guy shouts it, right? Because yeah. it's still their baby. My babies. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> Just saying, you, there's responsibilities for the man, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> um, let's talk. So let, you're doing the live shows. You might, by the time this goes out, you might have done one of them, but you're doing them at the Pleasance, are you? Yes, in Islington. Yeah, not the Scotland one. <laughs> we yeah. are, yeah. Pleasance is Linton on November 1st, and our guests are Jenny Eclair. Yes. And Olivia Lee. Olivia Lee. And um, this is why there's three of us, so we can, like, in case. just talk. <laughs> and then we have another one on December 6th, and it's Susie Ruffle and London Hughes. Yes. Who oh, every so London's day... London's already been on, and she it's hilarious. Back by popular demand. Yeah, yeah. Every, every day we get a tweet that says, can London Hughes be on every week? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we can't afford her. But. She's yeah. very good, she's very good. She is. Yeah, so please come. Everyone, please come. That's, that's the point. Well. That is the point. <laughs> if you live outside of London... Well, come anyway, just come over to London. There are planes. Um, someone came from t- uh, t- Austin, Texas, to see just to see this the other week. Really? What? Well, probably not really. No, but I just, they came. They came from Austin, Texas. Austin's very cool. Is that nice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Its motto is "Keep Austin weird." Mm. I don't know why I licked my lips after. <laughs> Keep Austin weird. Oh. Well, it, time has flown by. I'm just checking. We haven't missed anything important. <laughs> has has it though? Yes. Has it? <laughs> We've had a lovely time. You, I've stayed sober. You, got, you guys have been drinking, you know, because you are the drunk we're, women. We're on brand. We have. Yeah. And I know you're going you're gonna to be tempted to leave on the interval, but stick around for Greg Davis. <laughs> Great up and coming. He doesn't have the credits that we do, but here he's going to be good. I didn't get a chance to ask about frozen peas or being pushed into a lake by your partner, uh, but uh, Wait, that, that will come another time. I, I have a compunction. Every Is that time both I'm, your honeymoon? Every time I, I'm out walking with my wife, I, and when she was my girlfriend as well, like, and we were going past a body of water, I always want to push her in. You know, get stuff like that. What, like with Katie? I mean, yeah. Yes. I, I kind of yeah. want to hurt her <laughs> a lot. Just, like. it's just... <laughs> Just got one of those faces. Just because it would be funny, but then also she, she'd be so angry with me <laughs> for the rest of the day out. And we'd have to go home. It would, yeah. it would ruin the day. Yeah. And really, she's got a temper on, as you know, and yeah. it would be, it'd be awful. I'd have a terrible, terrible week. Yeah, a month but maybe. still, I really want to do it. <laughs> and, and one day I shall. <laughs> And it will be a future case for drunk women solving crime with, with London Hughes taking the place of oh. the, the, the drowned Katie Wow, this is taking a turn. Oh, Rich. I think she's angry with you anyway. <laughs> no water needed. Well, it's been lovely for you to come on. Thank you very much. It's a fantastic podcast. Do listen to it and go and see them live. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Drunk Women Solving Crime! Rich Tang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Rich Tang, and my guest, the Drunk Women Solving Crime. The music is by Pest. Uh, thank you very much to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, everyone at the British Comedy Guide, and everyone at Go Faster Stripe. The, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. The executive producer for this show is Adol Sutaria. 
Thank you very much for all your hard work on getting this show together. This is a Sky Potato Files at GoFastTheStripe.com production. Thank you very much for watching our show. Uh, remember, beer52.com slash Rahelastapur for eight free craft beers. Uh, it was a delivery problem with the with the theatre. Nothing to do with the company uh, is the reason we didn't have beers this week. Uh, and it's true, Craig. Uh, and uh, also, do buy my emergency questions book. That's what it looks like upside down. Hope you're enjoying that. Uh, and uh, come and see a show at some point in the future. Go to Rich Herring com slash gigs to find out what we're up to. 2019 is going to be some exciting times, maybe some changes, maybe some touring. Who knows, my friends? Only I know. Bye!